When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the Talking City podcast, brought to you from the Manchester Evening News and coming to you live on Facebook and wherever you get your podcasts from. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today, as ever, is Mr Simon Bukowski. Si, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad at all, pal, not too bad. And also uh, making a pod debut and the second one in succession is Mr Jack Flintham. Jack, how's it going? Um, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, not too bad at all, pal. Thanks for asking. And the reason, Jack, that you're on with us today, um, well, you were on hand in the early hours of Saturday, Sunday morning, whatever um, whatever the clock was ticking around that time, mm-hmm. when City took on Bayern Munich in the final friendly of their tour. Now, Joe, Joe um, was over in the States in Green Bay. He's now enjoying a few days off after such a hectic week. We'll no doubt catch up with him. Um, either later on this week or next week to get the lowdown on what was actually happening in the States from a first-hand perspective. But you were on hand blogging the game, Jack. And before we actually talk about the match itself, it seemed like it was um, not exactly the most ideal preparation for Guardiola's side over in Wisconsin because, um, well, the weather looked um, quite uh, quite precarious, to say the least. Yeah, there was a, there was a bit of Manchester um, about it, but perhaps even on the worst days, um, in Manchester, it's not been that bad. Um, to be honest, I thought like no one can really, I don't know, it's no one's real fault, the weather, you can't predict the weather. Um, but I think it was handled pretty poorly. Um, obviously, about, I think it was 15 minutes or so before kickoff, it was the first announcement saying that the, the match will be delayed. Um, said for, it said for no less than 30 minutes, um then lo and behold about 10 20 minutes later they were like right we're gonna we're gonna start pretty soon um but that decision to restart the game uh well start the game just like whilst there was still thunderstorms going on um just seemed very bizarre and it really broke up the the flow of the match i thought um because obviously harlan scores um 12 minutes in and then they're off for a good 55 minutes so by the time they came back out again obviously it was a reduced schedule uh, reduced uh, minutes and yeah it just felt like it kind of ruined what could have been a really good test for for Guardiola's side mm-hmm. yeah it, I think they only played 85 minutes at the end um, when the referee blew up and as you said there was um, a bit of a break after the goal which I believe was on about the 12th minute the players went off instead of restarting the match they went kind of down the tunnels um, I believe I remember seeing pictures of fan like the concourse being absolutely rammed because mm. was it something like the, the seats in the stadium were like metal or al- um, aluminium or something, so yeah. they weren't allowed to be in it in case lightning <laughs> struck. So probably don't have aluminium seats. I'd get I reckon just get um, mm. the plastic ones in that we have over here. But you know they did manage to get the game mostly. I, I believe I believe it was kind of called off early and had to get away because both teams were flying back to Europe um, later mm. on that night and obviously they didn't want to miss their flights. So they still managed to get most of the game under um, 
done. City, from what I've seen, um, they look pretty good, even despite all the kind of the treacherous conditions. They look quite sharp against, uh, you know, a big step up in opposition compared to Club America, Jack. Yeah, I think that there was definitely, especially those opening 12 minutes, um, the intensity was much better. It was what you would expect probably from um, City. Well, we'll go on to the Community Shield, but also in the in the Premier League coming up. Um, the likes of what I was impressed with in particular with Grealish and Haaland and, and Mares to a slightly lesser extent linking up really nicely. And I think um, Guardiola would have been pleased with that. Um, the, the only issue being after the break, it felt very much more like a pre-season match and they were going through the motions, but Bayern really didn't have much of a sniff. Um, throughout, um, Serge Gnabry was really playing off scraps. So um, yeah, it was it was positive for City overall. Yeah, definitely. And I so I don't know how much you managed to watch, but I, you know, just learn looking at the teams. Here, it's a full strength Bayern team, pretty much. Um, yeah, apart from Delict, who came on later on, and maybe Graven Birch and. Again, I've got to try and say his name, which didn't go well last time. Mazrawi, I'm going to go with this time, and maybe Masala. It's pretty much full-strength Bayern team. But City, again, from you know, the, the highlights that City kind of published um, on their YouTube channel, um, which you know, you'd know you probably presume favours City, but they looked all over them at times. Again, I thought De Bruyne, who played the full 90 minutes, um, is looking really, really sharp going into the season, like, uh, you know, last year, as we talked about in last last week's podcast, he went into the last season after the injury in the Champions League final and a disrupted start, didn't really get flowing until a few months in, but now he looks ready and raring to be going from the off. Yeah, I mean, I think it's since December, De Bruyne's averaged like more than a goal a game, either a goal or an assist. Um, you know, City would not have won the league without him. He was just phenomenal. And he's carried that form straight into pre-season, really. Um, you know, he looked very, very good against Club America. Um, and, you know, the pass for Grealish to Haaland for the goal. Not sure many players in the City team or in world football make that pass and make it look as easy as as it did. So, um, yeah, he just looks very, very good. I mean, you know, great for Haaland to get the goal after just 12 minutes and sort of show what he's about because he, we, we've not seen very much of him. Um, but, you know, I'd be, I'd be surprised if uh, if Kevin De Bruyne isn't up there for uh, player of the season again mm-hmm. next May. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it last week with Joe and Alex, like De Bruyne looks to really be benefiting, Ty, from the spaces that Haaland and Alvarez are creating for him. Now, City, over the last couple of years, firstly because of Aguero's injury and then because he left and they didn't get nice to get a replacement. They were playing with um, more of a false nine a lot of the time. So that kind of the deeper midfield, kind of attacking midfield role would be filled by your forward and your De Bruyne himself, um, your Grealish on occasion, who were playing the lead striker role on the team sheet, but in actual kind of action, were always kind of dropping in a bit deeper than your likes of Sterling, Jesus, or Mares would cut in a little bit inside. But now with Haaland and um, in, his, in his absence, Alvarez, who are playing as like central strikers, dedicated central strikers who are holding the top line, holding the point of the spear, making forward runs. That's leaving a lot of space in that hole for De Bruyne, who is just charging into it with kind of abandon at times. There was one run, I think, 
um, might have been in the first half, and he just picked the ball up. And when he gets in that head down chase, um, charge even, he just is unstoppable. And I, I think that's really going to be a big new, new kind of tactical um, aspect we see from Guardiola um, this coming season. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were a bit interested about the formation with Haaland and Alvarez coming in. Um, we've not really seen that much variation over the two friendlies, but then it, it, it's been, you know, a tough two games to to do anything in, um, I suppose. And that's not to say that they haven't been trialling anything in, in training. But um, you just think of how many balls De Bruyne puts into the box and, you know, the City players like Ilkay Gundogan know that they can run in and get those um, and score, but you know, Haaland is another player who sticks in the box and scores a lot of goals from that. So I think he will relish having um, someone who can sort of put it exactly where he wants it, and De Bruyne will relish having someone um, who can finish for him because you know, for all his numbers over the last two years, he should have had a lot more assists mm-hmm. than he has had. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. Jack, I think the story of the match, just as it was after the Club America match when he didn't play, the story of this match was that he did play. Of course, it was Erling Haaland making his long-awaited City debut. He got the goal, of course, he did in the 1-0 win. I don't actually think I said what the score was, but yeah, City won 1-0. I'm sure you're all aware of that. Haaland got the goal, and before we kind of talk about how his general play was in this 45-minute cameo, Jack, I think this goal, I think we're going to see a lot a lot, a lot of this this season. City getting in behind, as Simon mentioned there, a wonderful pass from De Bruyne, um, completely taking the batting defence out of it, and Grealish being on hand to do the classic cutback, and Haaland be and fair to, fair to him, Nathan Ake was lurking at that back post to stick it in, and he missed it. I, I don't think he needed to be there, but the instincts was there from Ake, to be fair to him, but Haaland, of course, made no mistake from about six yards, sliding to stick the ball past his old nemesis, uh, Manuel Neuer, in, in the net. Um, I think we're going to see, as I was saying, I think we're going to see that an awful lot this coming year, Jack. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was one of the most pleasing bits probably about the the game in general was the fact that it was something straight off of the training ground. It was clearly something they've been working on, getting Haaland into that position. Um, I think you're probably going to see loads of goals where it is just a case that he's in the right place at the right time. And if you've got someone like Grealish or Mares or De Bruyne playing in those balls into the box. I think he's going to get a hatful, and it's it's really positive signs. Even though it was what forty minutes in the end, his appearance, um, there's definitely a lot for for City to be to be happy about. As I say, I don't I've, I don't think he made many friends with Nathan Ake um, getting in in front of him. But yeah, um, I think this is what we're we're going to be accustomed to seeing. Uh, moving forward yeah absolutely you know and again as you say there it was only a kind of truncated first half um uh performance for him sure we'll see plenty more but aside from the goal how how do you look you know you you managed to watch the whole game how do you look in the performance i've seen the bits and bats of there was one moment when he absolutely barreled his way through the by moon defense just um charging furlong straight through them and uh, I think it was Dale with Meccano who got back in to kind of get a really good last gas tackle on him just as he was about mm. to shoot but that's the sort of aside from like the kind of the goal poaching the predatory instincts in the box there's that kind of powerhouse instinct that City have never had under Guardiola that or at least not to the extent of Highland or what he brings the, the pace and the power combined um, we saw a little bit of glimpse of that and a bit of 
um, kind of build up play and that. So, what did you rate of his whole forty minute kind of display? I think it was it was a good display. I think it's it was very tricky um, for him to get a proper performance out of himself, especially with the long break. Um, but I think he offered a different option for Guardiola's team. There was the, there was a vocal point up front. Um, the the link up I felt with um, Grealish and Mares in particular was really pleasing. I think there's going to be plenty of that working it out wide so he can get back into the box. He was also happy to drop um, a bit further deeper to, to pick up the ball. A, a sort of in the way you'd imagine Harry Kane would have done if they'd have managed to have completed that signing. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, in, in 40 minutes, in the conditions as they were, um, I, I think Guardiola and, and Haaland will both be um, more than happy with that. I think one of the really pleasing aspects of the match, Sai, as well, was that assist from Grealish. We talked before City headed out and played their first match that this was a great opportunity for Grealish to really stake his claim to be the regular on the left side this season, especially because Foden didn't travel, of course. And we talked with Joe after the Cup of America game, and it's certainly like Grealish was kind of delivering on that. He put in a really good performance um, against Club America, kind of drawing loads of fouls, definitely should have had a penalty in that game. And I think his his annoyance at not getting it, even in a friendly, kind of speaks volumes of his own desire. But again, the same again here, just drawing fouls all over the show, being an absolute nuisance and getting that crucial, it's kind of playing the right pass which when he needed to, which Guardiola must be absolutely delighted with. And I think, I think again, Grealish, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Grealish starting the season, I'd wager. Yeah, he certainly put himself um, firmly in, in position to start. It was interesting, the, um, there's a new City documentary come out about last season and um, it showed his, his first goal for him against uh, Norwich, which just like bounced in off his knee. He was saying how he, he never scores those kind of goals, but it was just like nice to... His, his dad and his coach are always saying those are the goals you need to you need to score and it and it felt like for most of the season last season that didn't happen like he didn't get though he did made a lot of good performances but he just didn't get the goals and assists um and you know they, they are ultimately what what you judged on and what when people say has he justified his hundred million pound fee you can't really justify that in impressing or or dribbles, you have to do it in, you know, big moments. And uh, I think, you know, not just De Bruyne, but everyone is going to benefit from having uh, Haaland on hand because he can give them assists by finishing uh, the the moves that others may not have done in in the past. Um, but he just looks to be playing with with a smile on his face and with confidence, which is which is what kind of City wanted more of last season. Um, and what he kind of started to show towards the end of it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a shame for Grealish because um, if, you know, a matter of half of millimetres, if his chance against Madrid had have gone in when he did so well and it was an incredible block on the line, that goes in, he gets the crucial third goal in the semi-final, City go through to the final, the way Liverpool played on that night, they might have even won the final, who knows. But, you know, it could have all been sold. You know, I don't think there'd be any discussions of Grealish having to kind of step up and live up to his price tag and whatnot. Had that goal gone in, because that'd been, you know, that's what you pay 100 million for, that sort of moment. But sadly, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. It didn't go for him, but it doesn't seem to have impacted him too much. And I, I, I'm putting a really big kind of campaign for him. Um, before we wrap the buying game up, Jack, 
you watched live. There was a couple of um, youngsters who got a good um, showings. Joshua Wilson Esbrand played from the start, and even though he was against the likes of Gnabry and Coleman and Muller on his side, looked to hold his own pretty well. I, I did notice a lot of Bayern's attacks kind of came from his side. Bayern scored at one point, but it was ruled offside, and Edison kind of got lucky that he palmed the ball straight into Gnabry's path, I believe, but Otherwise, um, Wilson has been looked good. He got forward at one point really well and had a, brought a good save at Anoya. Uh, Rico Lewis came on, Cole Palmer. All of them looked to have um, their own good little moments. Um, how, how how would you rate the youngsters' performance? And, and was there anyone else on the senior side of things who kind of really stood out in that match? Um, I think with Wilson Esbrand, like it's such a big opportunity for him now, especially with um, Zinchenko having left for Arsenal, and there's obviously this talk about uh, Kukurea coming in from Brighton. But really, I think from his performances, the the 45 minutes he had against Club America, and then to follow that up with a start against Bayern, I think he's possibly the biggest winner out of the um, the Man City tour. Um, he looked pretty at home in that back line, in, in his position. Um, as you say, he's very good going forwards. Um, defensively, yeah, there's there's still probably a little bit of work to do, but I, I think as an option to sort of back up um, the likes of Cancelo or, um, or Walker, I don't think... You could ask for much better than that, and it would save City even more money this summer. It's already been a great financial summer for him, but um, yeah, it, it's it could only be better if um, Wilson Esbrand gets more of a um, more of a backup role this season. Um, yeah, Rico Lewis as well. You mentioned there, like it could have been perfect, <laughs> a perfect cameo for him if. He danced through the the buy-in defence, which was strong, as you say, De Litt had come on by this stage. And he just danced through in what, as you say, matter of millimetres, and he, he would have scored. It was it was so unlucky when it hit the post. Um, as for other, other City players, obviously De Bruyne, again, showing um, how strong he is uh, coming back in. Obviously, he didn't have that sort of preparation last season, and, and look how well that turned out. So... Um, yeah, I think it was a short tour, obviously, but there's plenty of positives going into um, going into the new season for for Guardiola. Yeah, definitely, and you know that's it. The tour is over now, short but sweet. And there's one more friendly left side before the Premier League gets underway. They play Liverpool this coming weekend in the Community Shield, and it's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out. Liverpool have had a longer pre-season; um, they've been over. Um, in Australia and not at that side of the planet. Um, but they've had a very much a mixed um, pre-season. Now, this has to be kind of caveated by the fact that they've played weaker teams, in so, weaker starting 11s in some of these matches. But it's certainly been a strange one. The, the, the first match, of course, they lost 4-0 to United. That was one of the games when it was um, a slightly weaker start in 11, but kind of the strengthened going forward. But still, first team is in there. He likes of Henderson and Firmino and Luis Diaz and the likes. Um, they then kind of brought that back 2-0 win over Palace. Then a 4-0, a 5-0 win, sorry, over RB Leipzig, in which Darwin Nunes scored four. Now, I was under the impression that Darwin Nunes was the worst player on planet Earth because I'd seen everyone slag him off 
I hadn't seen at all anyone complimenting him for his 5-0 victory, and for, sorry, for his four-goal haul. And then last night, um, they lost um, in Salzburg to RB Salzburg, a 1-0 defeat. Again, this was more of a weakened team, um, even weaker than the one that played against United before kind of more senior players came on. So it's definitely been a, a strange pre-season, a mixed pre-season. I don't think too much can be read into results, but I think like ahead of the season, Liverpool, they don't, they've lost Mane, he was such a massively important player, and they had already, they had obviously already replaced him in Diaz, but they brought uh, Matt uh, Duke, yeah, there's so many names, they brought Nunes in instead to kind of be that attacking um, replacement, but it doesn't feel like, the and after losing the Champions League final, you know, they could have got four trophies, they only got two, Feels like the momentum might have been taken a bit of a hit, a dodgy preseason. This is, you know, this the result of the Community Shield won't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it, it could be an interesting, maybe a barometer of where both teams stand going into the campaign, a confidence boost for one or the other. You know, it's, it, you know, of course it won't count for much come May, but it's, you know, it's the first foot forward and you always want to stand, start strongly, don't you? Yes, it's um, you know it's the first game of the new season. Don't let Guardiola hear you call it a friendly. By the way, it'll be it'll be fuming. It's oh, a trophy. Well, we'll it's come, a trophy. We'll, we'll come to that momentarily. <laughs> we will come to that. Um, but um, yeah, it, you know it's it's the first game and is the first game, and then there will be a week before ball football. So every take that you can consider to be had from one game of football will be had over the course of the week after after Saturday. Uh, you know, one team will be winning the league by 20 points. The other will be in crisis and, you know, lucky to make the top four. And Haaland or Nunes will be a flop if they don't score. And, you know, the, the next Pele if they do. I think you've got to take a step back and just kind of look at each club. You mentioned sort of Liverpool mixed results. Um Klopp doesn't seem to be too bothered in a way that, say, Thomas Tuchel is absolutely furious with with Chelsea's preseason. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, Jack, Sam mentioned though that Pep will take this seriously. But you know, you've you've done a piece today, and he's been kind of questioning the relevancy of it. So it'd be interesting to see, with that in mind, how what sort of team he'll put out. Now, I'm under the impression that he'll be a pretty strong side. He always does pretty much but last year's community shield i believe it was sam Adoza who made a surprise debut if i'm not mistaken say and so there might be um a bit i think wilson esban might be a good bet of like there might be um a route in for one youngster you might not expect to uh play yeah definitely i think obviously back in 2019 he questioned the relevance of it i think he understands like why there should be importance behind it but i think there's obviously that feeling in England where with the Community Shield, it's kind of like, as you mentioned earlier, sort of like a friendly fixture. Um, so he, he did even say that um, he could just be having a longer holiday and the players could be having a longer holiday than playing this game. So whether that means he's going to want to s- switch it around, um, I don't know. I mean, the likes of Foden, Stones and, and Gundogan didn't get to go on the tour, so maybe they'll feature in some capacity um but yeah I, I would say there's a good chance i would say that wilson esbrand starts just because of how he's managed to perform um and there's still it'll still be weighing up whether he can fill in that zinchenko role um i'd also 
I know there'll be a lot of talk about Haaland Nunes, but I can I can probably see Alvarez potentially getting the start ahead of him, kind of like they did with Club America, because um, he didn't really get his his the run out potentially that Guardiola would have wanted, um, and he did look he has looked a threat um, going forwards. Um, I have been quite impressed with Alvarez, so yeah, I think I think there's definitely room for for some changes. Um, on Saturday, um, and it possibly won't be the same side we see face West Ham um, mm-hmm. in a week or so's time. Yeah, so Jack mentioned there, you know, the four players, well, the four that didn't go on the tour. Of course, Ford and Gundogan and Stones um, were all fit. They couldn't go due to um, kind of uh, COVID um, entrance-related reasons. Um, they were with the youth team over the last couple of weeks in Croatia and keeping fit. Um and then, obviously, Laporte didn't go because he's had a bit of a fitness issue. First, has there been any update on Laporte's kind of condition? But Do we expect him back for the weekend or the season? Uh, no, I mean, there should be an update tomorrow. Um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he was fully fit for the start of the season because he hasn't trained up until now with the group because um, mm-hmm. they've been away. He, he played through injuries, basically, at the end of last season when City had no centre-backs available and had to um, play Fernandinho there. It was kind of the real surprise when he, he went off at Wolves with what should have been like a season-ending injury and then rocked up again three days later at West Ham and then played against Villa as well. He kind of um, played through the pain barrier for them and that has kind of cost him over the summer. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be really surprised if Laporte um, plays it, certainly against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the other three all all fit. They all went away with the under twenty threes to to Croatia, um, so they should be be coming back in. Uh, and like like Jack said, I think you know there's no reason why we could see uh, or should have to see Harland because they're sort of taking it easy with him and making prioritizing West Ham over mm-hmm. Liverpool. Um, and you know if you've got Alvarez, then stick him in. Mm-hmm. Do you think, you know, Ford and Gundogan Stones, um, do you think they'll get the play just to get, you know, some minutes with the first team? They've not kind of had, obviously not been able to play in any of the two first team friendlies. So do you see him coming in just for minutes or does he stick with his kind of strongest 11 from the start? I, I, is it only free subs at Community Shield? I know the season's five now, or is it unlimited? It's not unlimited subs, is it, for the Community Shield? I don't think. So it's not like he can make wholesale changes. So I wonder if it's more he'll start with potentially strongest or near enough his strongest eleven for the first game of the season. I I I, I agree. I think Harland will probably be on the bench, but um, I I think this the main one is Grealish over Foden. Does because Grealish has made such a good impression, and I think it'd be a bit of a blow, especially coming ahead of the season, for him to kind of drop out for Foden straight away. And if Grealish kind of keeps his role, do you see Foden maybe going back to kind of a midfield? position potentially and I know there's a lot to unpack there but it's, it's I think that's the most intriguing kind of position side of that the Ford and Grealish kind of debate and how it all plays out yeah I think it's kind of I don't know I don't think it's like them going up against each other for one place for the whole season like mm-hmm. Foden can definitely play on the right wing I'm pretty sure Grealish can do well on the right wing um where they have only got you know Riyad Mahrez and and Cole Palmer, everyone talks about them only having one dimension now on the uh, the right wing, although Morris kind of blitzed everyone else to be top scorer last season. So it, 
it wasn't a bad dimension to have. Um, but they can play Foden and, and Grealish there um, to give to give a bit of variety. I, I'd kind of expect that Grealish would start the Community Shields, um, but Foden is Foden has the fitness that he can just drop in at, at any point and and look like he's perfectly up to speed with it. So I don't think he'll take too long to kind of get into the rhythm of matches, whether he starts or or is subbed on. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've just had a little look, probably should have done my research beforehand, but um, there's six substitutes permitted in the Community Shield, so not wholesale, but certainly over half a side. So we could see easily each player get kind of a good half and you know, those players coming in. But as, as we say, like Guardiola does want to win this. He'll take it seriously. He wanted to win last year. Um, but Jack, I, um, you know, as I was saying to Sai earlier, like if you're not, if City of Liverpool, it's likely going to be the rivalry again um, in plenty of, you know, in, on, in all the competitions, um, if they kind of both stay on the same trajectory as they were last year. Is it important for City to kind of get the win out the gate to kind of stand on, the get the early advantage, shall we say, in the race, even though, of course, it doesn't really count for much? Yeah, I think there's definitely an argument to be said that City need to kind of show their, their strength going into the new season against Liverpool. Um, I think, as is always the case, whichever side loses on on Saturday, I think excuses might be made about team selection. I don't think, um, just having a look at Liverpool's kind of um, team strength um, and injury news going into it, there's quite a few um, fringe players who were carrying knocks. So I think we can probably expect... A bit of a strong start in eleven from from the Reds, but um, as for City, I think th- th- there may be a, a slight changes. But um, as Guardiola showed in in the US, um, he's more than happy to get the first teamers out there and, and performing. So, yeah, I think overall, I think there should there, there will be some significance to try and get one over on on Liverpool heading into the title race, but. By the time um, we've come to, to full-time against West Ham, it'll all have been forgotten about and there'll be a, probably a new a new favourite for the title. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll certainly kind of be covering that match in great detail over on Manchester Evening News forward slash Manchester City and um, on this podcast next week. Before we wrap up, Sai, you know, it's been a bit quiet on the old transfer front for City this week. Um, Zinchenko obviously completed his move to Arsenal. We spoke about that in depth. We wish him all the best over there. Um, his replacement, who are City are looking for, of course, is Mark Cucurella. Um, it seems to be a bit quiet on that front, though, with City not, seemingly not willing to kind of meet Brighton's um, asking price, which they are, they are more than justified to ask for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always quite funny on, on Twitter when you put something out and people reply and Cucurella update. Mm-hmm. It's it's like oh yeah actually signed I just didn't think it was worth telling anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's you know basically Brighton don't have a reason to to sell. Cucurella would like to go, but it's kind of Brighton are in the position with Cucurella that City were in with with Nathan Ake. Mm-hmm. Um, so if City City can either come up with the funds or they can find an alternative. Um, and sign someone else. It's you know I, I don't really think it's a realistic option for them to sign nobody. Uh, it's certainly not the option that they 
planned for when they let Zinchenko go. So, um, yeah, City mm -hmm. at some point you would think would stump up the money, but um, there's still a month to go. I've certainly seen a few names be banded about. I don't know very much of it. It's kind of just wild speculation. It's the sort of names like a Benfica player that I think it's Grimaldo. It's one of those who like a, a new Nico Gaetan who always just gets linked and never, ever makes a move. Um, but is there any other kind of potential options at all on, on the horizon, do you think? Or are they just going to either kind of do the business or get off the pot with Cucurella? So, um, Borna Sosa has been mentioned. Um, Croatian who plays for, for Stuttgart, who's pretty good. Um, whether, you know, whether that is really genuine or whether it's just posturing to try and sort of suggest to Brighton that they might want to accept a lower fee. Um, I don't know, but, you know, they they have got names on their shortlist of alternatives because they need them because Brighton might not sell. Absolutely. Well, there's certainly plenty of time for City to get the deal done. Um, the transfer window doesn't, doesn't shut till September 1st, of course. So we'll be here for out at the end of July and all of August for all the latest updates on that. And everything City, as we know, are now just, just over a week until the Premier League season gets back underway. Doesn't it come around quick? And I think we're all all, all the happier for it because, you know, we all love the footing. Of course, we'll be bringing you weekly episodes on all things City right here on Talking City. Thank you very much for listening. Of course, you can get us all our coverage of City's pre-season, the, the upcoming match against Liverpool and the start of the season over on manchestereveningnews.co.uk forward slash Manchester City. Uh, work will be tweeted out at Man City MEN. And of course, you can also get us on Facebook on our Manchester Evening News, Manchester City Facebook page. Once again, thank you all very much for listening and we'll catch you soon. Ta-ra.